Happy Friday. I'm Quinn Emmett, and this is Important Not Important. This is your weekly update. The most important science news, how to think about it, and what you can do about it. This week, the Western drought grows, Chinese vaccine exports, menthol cigarettes on the run, bacon and Alzheimer's, croissants and cancer. You can find the digital version and links to everything at importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter or right from your show notes. It's Friday, March 26th. This week, it's not a great week to be an Egyptian ship pilot. One of the world's largest cargo ships, a ship taller than the Empire State Building, getting stuck in the mud and thus somehow slowing down supply chains and fossil fuel deliveries everywhere is a pretty delightful metaphor for both 2021 and the transformation action required around emissions reduction. Have no doubt, we'll get the ship out. Countries and companies, all massively invested in that tiny little canal being wide open, will come together to free the ship. They'll throw every tugboat and digger they've got at it. Now, memes have been made, and the pilot will be blamed, but maybe, maybe we can take a big step back and have some perspective. Why the hell is it the pilot's fault? Why do we rely on a tiny, historically fraught canal to support all of the world's trade? Why did we let this happen? It might take a couple weeks, with progress painfully slow at times, but once the ship's free, traffic jams can clear, and global trade can recommence. And maybe we won't take such a tiny little canal for granted. Gradually, we'll free it. Suddenly, we'll have perspective. I jest. But let's think about some similar predicaments. At current rates, it'll take 15 years to turn over the entire U.S. automobile fleet, and that's nowhere near fast enough. Electrification of power, transmission, and buildings could take decades. That's nowhere near fast enough. The U.S.'s first large-scale offshore wind project has taken 20 years to come to fruition. That's not fast enough. Deforestation isn't slowing, it's increasing, reducing carbon sinks and driving zoonotic disease outbreaks like the one that's kept you in sweatpants for 12 months. That's not good enough. In seven years, 12 states still haven't adopted the Medicaid expansion, despite oodles of research that shows reduced deaths, especially in pregnant women of color and children. We let ourselves get stuck. It's a clusterfuck behind and in front of us, and we need to get out. So what's the answer? Carrots and sticks. We need to pay people to trade in their gas cars, but also offer exciting and affordable EVs. We need to banish state laws that prohibit direct EV sales, but plan to transition dealership workers. We have to punish banks that announce toothless net zero commitments, but throw $750 billion at fossil fuels since the Paris agreements, but also create new standards for reporting. You believe in markets? Great, stand by a carbon tax that's $150 a ton or go home. Let's see who's ready to fucking innovate. Believe in regulations? Then fight for a clean electricity standard yesterday. Believe in both? Welcome to the team. In climate change and clean energy news, I'm feeling a little parched. Understand this. The U.S. West is crushed by drought again, and the outlook isn't great looking forward. There's very little of the past we can use to predict the future, but the past few longer and deadlier fire seasons have proved that extended, 
deeper drought means a greater chance of deadly wildfires, exposure to wildfire smoke, which is twice as dangerous as regular air pollution, and far tighter water use restrictions. Now, the West is used to dry conditions, of course, despite solid thinking that much of the West was actually colonized during a uniquely wet moment in time. But population growth and agriculture supply chains means we haven't seen anything yet as drought begets drought. What it means. Summers in the Northern Hemisphere grew 17 days longer from 1952 to 2011, and they may grow to 166 days in length by 2100. Longer, hotter summers mean more demands on water, and the new water futures market is already up 13% since just December. Drought is just a piece of the climate puzzle, but an increasing one, and a big part of why the Climate Action 100, an investor group with, checking my math here, $54 trillion under management, and the Treasury and SEC want drastic action now. Here's your action step. President Biden is due to announce a historically enormous infrastructure package soon. Word is it'll include many of the electrification pieces necessary to retrofit much of our power sector, from production to EV chargers. Public pressure works, folks, and it can continue to work. In five minutes, you can call each of your reps using fivecalls.org to demand support for the bill. In COVID news, diplomacy by needle. Understand this. The U.S. is barreling towards 200 million shots in Biden's first 100 days, where a vaccine surplus may become our biggest headache. It's incredible progress that any shots exist, of course, is a testament to a global effort towards a single scientific breakthrough, not unlike getting a ship out of a canal, something we've never really seen before. But not everyone is benefiting from such progress. As 2020 deals with drug manufacturers and reluctance from Biden and the EU to change course means billions across the world may not be vaccinated until 2023, not only leaving them susceptible to a virus that's killed millions, but leaving significant opportunities for that virus to mutate further. And that's where China comes in. What it means is that China is shipping tens of millions of its own domestically produced vaccines across the globe. In a moment when income gaps for developing countries are growing, when the world supply chains are still stuck in that canal and in China, when rare resources and chip shortages affect everything from iPhones to electric cars, when China looks increasingly likely to invade Taiwan, they're not only saving lives with these vaccines, but buying massive amounts of goodwill and influence. Here's your action step. Those of you in elected and policy positions should be pushing colleagues and Biden towards releasing 10x the number of doses for COVAX. For everyone else, Give Directly is raising cash for Kenya, Liberia, Malawi, and Rwanda, where 90% of people are eating less since COVID. You can send cash now to make the wait for shots a little bit easier. In medicine and biotech news, we're just blowing smoke. Understand this. We've made huge strides against lung cancer and big tobacco, but one killer remains as deadly as ever. Methane cigarettes. That may be about to change. From the New York Times. Black smokers smoke less, but die of heart attacks, strokes, and other causes linked to tobacco use at higher rates than white smokers do, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And 85% of black smokers use Newport, 
Cool, and other menthol brands that are easier to become addicted to and harder to quit than plain tobacco, according to the Food and Drug Administration. More than 120 localities have already enacted bans of flavored tobacco products, including menthol cigarettes, according to the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. The African American Tobacco Control Leadership Council is running an anti-menthol campaign with Delta Sigma Theta, a historically black sorority, and others. The council is also a plaintiff, along with the Action on Smoking and Health, in the citizen's petition that forced the April 29th deadline for the FDA to say whether or not it will ban menthol. Now, what that means. Big tobacco, as we know, has a long, complicated, and very racist history in the U.S., And as we've seen, it will not go quietly. Powerful elected officials on both sides of the aisle take money from tobacco companies. Here's your action step. Take action with and donate to the highly rated Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. In food and water news, there goes the bacon. Understand this, processed meat has had a tough run. And a new study in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition isn't helping. From Gizmodo. The study found a link between greater consumption of processed meat and higher rates of Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. About 2,900 cases of dementia were diagnosed in the entire group during an average eight-year follow-up period. And then when the researchers tried to account for people's diets, they found a clear association between processed meat and the risk of dementia, but they didn't see the correlation when it came to other types of meat. What it means. No one study is conclusive, especially when it comes to diet. And bizarrely enough, the risk of dementia decreased slightly for folks who ate unprocessed meat. What the fuck? But here's the deal. Red meat is a massive piece of the systemic climate and health puzzles. Drawdown ranks tropical forest restoration and plant-based diets as two of the most effective ways to reduce emissions. Here's your two action steps. Struggling to transition to plant-based diets? Check out the Meatless Monday campaign to find a way to help do that. And then donate to the World Resource International's Global Restoration Initiative to stop deforestation. In artificial intelligence news, croissants to beat cancer is a campaign I can get behind. Understand this, there have been a few famous accidents in science history. One, radio astronomy. Two, microwaves. Three, x-rays. Four, Ultron, five, penicillin, six, Viagra, seven, Teflon, eight, machine learning that was intended to differentiate between croissants and bear claws that can instead find cancer cells. What it means, look, I've been harping on people that pastries can save lives for it feels like eons, but finally, here we are. Here's your real action step. The future's coming fast, folks. I mean, that's the entire ethos of this newsletter. Subscribe to the AI Ethics Brief from the Montreal AI Ethics Institute to stay up to speed. And here's your roundup. It's like SimCity, but for preventing mass death. Use the excellent En-ROAD simulator to tweak global emissions reductions. Pollution is shrinking penises and sperm counts. Paging Clive Owen. Moderna vaccine testing on kids from six months to 12 years is finally underway. There is a very tiny and very adorable car that also is now the best-selling EV on the goddamn planet. Sorry, Model 3. Related, the market for EV charging infrastructure is enormous, and we are way behind. Can Volkswagen leapfrog Tesla's network in the U.S.? 
India wants to jump ahead in going net zero. There are six charts in our newsletter showing how insanely difficult that may be. Question, what will the world fight over in an area of green energy? Answer, plenty. The Moms Clean Air Force Organization has an awesome video showing exactly how pollution harms the body. We're entering sci-fi territory and not in a fun way. Is it time to put cash towards solar geoengineering? And finally, our new section, Podcasts in the News. Dr. Katherine Wilkinson was featured in Pop Sugar's Unstoppable Women in Climate Justice lineup. Representative Sean Caston introduced a bill to cut industrial emissions. 500 Republicans have ties to the Capitol siege. And Amanda Littman is using her platform at Run for Something to take them down one by one. That's it for this week. To go deeper on any of the news or to find your action steps, go again to importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter. Thank you, as always, for being a part of our community, and thanks for giving a shit. Have a great weekend.